In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! It's your money, and we understand it can be hard to reach out for help to manage it, even when you reach retirement. On today's show, three reasons financial independence is not a do-it-yourself project. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's the Get Ready for the Future show as we're getting closer to the end of January into 2023. And three reasons financial independence isn't a DIY project. That's the subject of today's show. I'm Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Tim Key on board to talk about this today. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. So when you think of DIY, and and, and I'm going to say DYI several times, mm-hmm. I don't know why I transpose those letters, but I will. It's I may easy. Need, I may need to stick to do-it-yourself instead of uh, using the acronym there. But when you think about do-it-yourselfers, I was thinking about this before we went on. What's the first name in pop culture that comes to mind tim the tool man that was me yeah i mean that was our generation right i mean in in 90s sitcom home improvement tim allen played uh, tim the tool man taylor and he thought that he knew how to do to do it yourself on every project yeah yeah and and how'd that work out for him well (laughs) look i i do not have any problem with this issue yeah no whatsoever it's like and any do-it-yourself thing. Do-it-yourself does not exist in the vernacular of John Shrewsbury. It just doesn't because I learned a long time ago, I watched my father try to do things himself, mainly because we were too poor to hire somebody to do it, and I went, I need to earn enough money that I don't have to do that because <laughs> yeah. I'll screw it up. I'm the same way. I feel like if I can save a buck, maybe it's worth doing. But mm-hmm. um, I watch the YouTube videos because everything's on YouTube these days, and I think, I need to find somebody else to do that for me. Yeah. You just had some pipes burst about a month ago. You didn't think about remodeling your no, house by yourself? Not by myself. No. We're getting mm-hmm. help on that, too. Professional no. help. I, I didn't think uh, – Troy and I were, were uh, working on a boat that I have, and uh, I decided that I needed you know real professional help to to do what we were trying to do instead of us goons trying to, to work it out because we spent, I don't know, two days trying to do a small project, and you know it just – Forever. didn't work out see that's yeah. the thing i mean it's not only the time spend it can be the money spend right when you think about how much it uh, could end up costing you if you don't do it right so we're gonna kind of uh segue that the the diy mentality into your personal finances or your search or goal of financial independence but first we do want to take the chance to remind you about an opportunity to find out about the markets and the economy what's going to happen in 2023. We talked recently with LPL chief economist Jeffrey Roach to talk about that. It it all stems from LPL Financial's Outlook 2023. We talked about recession probability, housing market, lot, lot, uh, lots more. If you want to check it out, it's available now. Just go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash Outlook 2023. It won't take a lot of your time. It's only, I think, about 20 to 25 minutes in length. John and I uh, interviewed Jeffrey, and he's uh, very easy to understand. That's what I like about him on the uh, the interviews. But he talks about the recession probability, the housing market, what we think the market could possibly do based on those uh, ec- economic outlooks. So be sure to check that out and get kind of a good grasp of what we may be expecting 
uh, here in the new year. So as far as the financial independence not being a do-it-yourself project, we talked about the three reasons. So let's dive in. Uh, Number one, you don't know what you don't know, and that could cost you. You know, you think about some people are very proficient at certain types of projects. Uh, There's obviously limitations to that. I mean, I think about small projects. You know, Tim, you mentioned you might try to do small projects, but I think about like auto repair. You know, if it's if it's much more complicated than changing the oil, (laughs) that's about as far as I'm going to even try to go. Because, and I think about that in terms of how much it may cost me if I get it wrong. That that's my main deterrent when I think about not doing it myself because the the uh, the knowledge, or at least the videos, <laughs> the the how tos, are all over the place. You can Google anything you want and find out how to do something, but can you duplicate it? That's the question. Well, and and things that seem fairly simple, if you're not used to doing it or proficient at doing it, it can go wrong. Let's talk about changing the oil. You leave the oil cap off after you've changed the oil and start up the car and drive it a little bit, you got a teetotal mess That's and maybe right. even a fire. Right. And so there are things that, that again, you know, and people would go, well, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Well, if, you don't, if you're not used to doing it, you could very well you know, get caught up in what you're trying to do, cleaning up everything and not put that oil cap on. And then all of a sudden the engine sprays oil all over the exterior of your engine and could create a fire. And so, uh, Tim, I think that the parallel here is that it seems fairly easy that, uh, you know, there's the stock market out there, let, uh, the S&P 500, let's find an S&P 500 fund, throw some money into it. How difficult could this be? Well, I think the big thing here is the rules that you played by yesterday may not be the rules that are in place today. Like the Secure Act 2.0, things like that are changing the dynamics of you know, what is available out there. The, the limits that you can put into an IRA or a 401k, they change every year. So if you're not staying on top of that information, then you're missing out. Maybe by not, being able, by not contributing as much as you could or some of the different things that are in place to allow someone... Um, maybe some benefits to different types of accounts, different types of products, things like that. Scott, we've we've said for years on the show and even wrote a book called Your Retirement Should Be More. And that is absolutely true. It should be more than just investments. Investments, if that's all it was, yes, putting some money in a mutual fund or whatever the case may be, everybody could do that. Most people do that in their 401k plan. But it's all the other stuff that surrounds that, the the regulations, the rules, the risks that are involved that you may not be aware of, uh, things that, that can show up out of the blue and bite you. Those are the things that make this difficult and not a do-it-yourself project. Yeah, I think it's, it, it is pretty easy to accumulate wealth if you consistently save and you are invested in the right types of investments over time, you can accumulate wealth. I think the question is, how much wealth do you accumulate? And is it enough to be financially independent? That's, that's the question that you really, that's, that goes back to you don't know what you don't know, because there's tons of information out there. You could do a quick Google search, you could find an infinite number of articles and tips on how to get rich quick or get a good rate of return or even build a retirement plan for yourself. But most of that, if not all of it, is geared towards this magic number that we talk about, right? It is if you re and we have clients that come in all the time that are focused on that. Like I, I, I just want to get a million dollars. I think two million dollars is it. I think half a million whatever the case may be, 
they they sometimes have an idea, and I haven't always asked them if it came from a Google search or if it's just their own idea, but oftentimes they come up with these numbers that really don't mean much other than a number. Well, and you're absolutely right about that, but let's also think about the, the situation where, uh, you know, let's take when the market is going down like it has in the last uh, 12 months or go back to 2008, 2009. This was very rampant in 2008, 2009. People literally, uh, and, and not just a few people, but people all over the country stopped putting money in their 401k plan because the market was going down. Now, they think that's the right thing to do because why would I put money into something that's going down? That makes that makes logical sense, right, Tim? It makes sense when you open up that statement and see your balance go down 15 20%. It's like, I can't stand to lose any more money. Yeah. But that's actually the exact wrong time to stop putting your money in because now you're really buying it on sale. We all like to go to the mall or wherever we go these days. And if you have a buy one, get one or something like that, you feel like you're taking advantage of the, the store. But... You know, in the um, stock market, when you're able to buy something 30% discounted, you're actually buying something on sale. And as long as you're buying a good stock, good mutual fund, and it's going to come back over time, you're going to do much better. It just belies the whole uh, uh, concept of dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging says stay with it when the market is going down because you buy more shares for less uh, for for the same amount of money that you would have spent if the market had stayed high. Maybe even you got less shares as the market is going up. But people understand things like the cow story that we've taught people on this show for years and years and in workshops and what have you. People that understand that, they go, oh, that's when I need to buy. But people just allow their emotions to take hold in situations like that. And that's why we say that you don't know what you don't know. If you're not aware of those things, then what you reason in your mind to be logical to do may be exactly the opposite thing that you need to be doing. When you there, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, there's only so many things you can actually control. You can't control which direction the market's going to go and all that, but you can right. control how much you're going to put in to your 401k or to your savings plan each and every month. Yeah, I, I got a real good dose of the buy one, get one just the other day. I go to Kroger, went to uh, get groceries earlier this week and was checking out and I buy a certain brand of honey wheat bread and put it on the counter or put it on the uh, uh, the, the scanner or I didn't put it on but the lady checking me out did and she said well you know the other brand over here is buy one get one and I actually stopped and went back and took that bread back to the bread aisle because I was going to get buy one get one I mean and we like were, a deal right and there were five people behind you that were no, really mad oh now there wasn't there wasn't I was the only one in line because okay. I probably would not have done it you're right, right. I probably would have not done it if I was holding somebody up but I went back I took the bread back because I wanted to buy one get one he's that guy you I'm know? that guy I mean yeah. it was what three dollar loaf of bread but we do like the deal right well sure so that's how you have to look at it when the market is down and you are accumulating shares it is deal time and you are getting more shares once the market goes back up it could really be additive to your return but i think about things that uh, tim talked about there too about the staying on top of the 401k contribution limits that change every year if you have that margin in your life where you are uh, consistently maxim maxing out your contributions but you're not keeping up with that you could be leaving uh, pre-tax contributions on the table and then we think about into retirement when you are uh, pulling from your assets and it's from a qualified account taxes become a real big uh, issue and understanding how 
your assets will be taxed when you withdraw them can make the difference in thousands of dollars. Scott, before we leave the dollar cost averaging thing, let me make sure that our, our regulators are, are very happy with us that yeah. uh, and, and say that dollar cost averaging doesn't assure a profit or negate a loss necessarily, and you have to stay with it during those downtimes in the market for the concept to work. But it does allow you to have the opportunity to accumulate more shares when the market is down with a regular systematic investment program. But the key is you got to stay with it. But again, it does not guarantee a profit or secure a against a loss. Well, I did put uh, one of the loaves of bread in the freezer because it could have molded, right? So that's right. It doesn't buy one, get one doesn't always work out, right? Kind of of the same thing. Exactly. A Morningstar study, we talked about uh, all of these things that are really not related to just putting money into an investment and watching it grow when it comes to financial independence. A Morningstar study took five separate issues related to making good financial decisions and compared how do-it-yourself investors typically react to the issue as opposed to those following the suggestions of a financial advisor. So the study evaluated these five things. Allocating clients' total assets, income planning and account decisions, retirement planning, product options, leveraging tax advantages through allocation and withdrawal strategies, and considering expected retirement expenses. And the study concluded that the methods recommended by advisors could boost clients' retirement accounts by 22.6% over the methods of a do-it-yourself investor. Oh, but, you know, those financial advisors, are, they're really expensive. And, and you know, I, I'm going to save some money by doing this, and I'll, I'll figure this out. They're not anywhere near 22.6%. That's right. <laughs> that was my point. I, that's, a, that's an astounding number. I, I, that's obviously an independent study by Morningstar, which is an independent third-party mutual fund rating service. They study all kinds of things, retirement and, and investment-wise. But, you know, you have worked really hard to accumulate money. And I think one of the most critical things. If you kind of go down that list, Scott, some of that does apply to the accumulation years, Mm. but the game really does change when you get ready to retire. And that's why here at GenWealth, we focus on the ready to retire process because there's a lot involved in that. It's not as easy, Tim, as just throwing money at something and building it up and then taking it out uh, as you need it as time goes on because all the rules change when you retire. Absolutely. And you have to have a plan. And I think that you know, if you set goals and you write your goals down, there's a you know, there's definitely studies out there that show that you're much more likely to reach that goal if you write them down. And what we do for our clients is we put a plan together. It's on paper, on purpose. Um, it's really built around you. Each one's going to be individually developed because, you know, you may have you know accumulated five hundred thousand, but we may have someone else that accumulated two million. But you may need five thousand dollars a month in income and not someone else eight million, so or eight thousand dollars a month. So it really varies based on your specific situation, what your plan is going to look like. And we're going to develop that based on your wants, your needs, your desires. And then we're going to lay that out on purpose on, and, um, on paper. And we're going to be able to walk you through that retirement process. We're going to be there along every step of the way, whether that's turning on Social Security for you, your spouse, whatever that looks like. And we're also going to look at the tax situation and make sure that we can minimize taxes as much as we can for you. So really meeting with an advisor, we're going to be covering a lot of things that change on a regular basis and being able to keep up with it. That's, that's what we do each and every day. Tim, you mentioned something about taxes 
Guys, I, there is no greater expense, I don't think, in retirement than taxes. You know, if you think about what you spend on food, clothing, transportation. Now, cumulatively, obviously, yep. you spend more on, on those things. But any individual thing compared to taxes, yeah. taxes yeah. is the biggest uh, ticket. And one of the things that, that a lot of people think erroneously is that they just feel like, okay, I just need to be sure that I pay what I need to pay, and I don't have to pay the IRS when April 15th comes, and I'm good. Or if I get a refund, I'm good. That's not necessarily the case. Some forward-looking tax planning can literally save you thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes over the uh, extent of your lifetime, particularly in retirement, because in retirement, you don't have a lot of deductions. Uh, you may have kids that uh, qualify as tax deductions. You may have a house mortgage that you can take the interest off. Whatever the case may be, you don't have a lot of that when you retire. So you need to be mindful of tax planning, and that is a big value add that an advisor can help uh, in, in regard to uh, getting toward that 22% uh, improvement in a client's account. We're talking about three reasons that financial independence is not a do-it-yourself project on today's Get Ready for the Future show. Number one, you don't know what you don't know. And before we leave that, I do want to just kind of maybe generally talk about a couple of these uh, these uh, these factors or these things that the study that we talked about from Morningstar evaluated. You know, one of them was income planning and account decisions. You know, you think about, we just talked about how it maybe it is pretty easy to accumulate wealth but when you get to thinking about am I financially independent, and Tim talked about having a uh, a plan on paper on purpose that lays it out, but let's talk specifically about what's inside that. A definitive monthly income that you can see when you layer in your guaranteed income sources like Social Security, maybe there's a pension, and then what your investments will be able to provide you on a monthly basis with raises along the way on an annual basis based on the uh, asset level that you attain when you leave work, think about how that, how do you do that yourself? Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of strategy that is involved in what we do. And like right now, if you think about where your high watermark was on your equity investments, and now you're down, you know, 10, 15%, whatever the case may be off the highs, then it might not feel real good. And it might not be in your best interest to sell something out of your equity portfolio to generate income. But if you don't have a strategy to do something else, you might be forced to sell things at a loss uh, that you just happened to bought right before the market uh, made, made its turn. So there's a lot involved in terms of strategy. Uh, that's why things that we do here at GenWealth are number one, education-based, uh, I'm sorry, education-driven, strategy-based, and team-delivered. What does all that mean? Well, education-based meaning that you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. You need to understand that strategy behind it. And then the strategy itself, you have to have the right strategy in place to get you through a down market, to get you through certain situations that may be occurring, to make sure that you have the right perspective on things. And then the team delivered thing is simply that there's a lot of, of different factors that come into play here uh, from an insurance standpoint, an investment standpoint, a financial planning standpoint, a service standpoint. We have a team of people that work with each of our clients to make sure that that strategy actually comes to fruition. 
I don't want to uh, miss out. I don't want to miss the other two components to this. Yes. But I want to move on. But I do want to hit one more real quick because it's just so it's so good to to see this in a study. But retirement planning product options. I wanted to kind of camp out on that just a minute too, because when you think of retirement planning product options, what kind of products are out there? Well, you think about the term annuity as an all encompassing one thing one type of retirement product and people have positive or negative i I don't know that really many people have neutral views of annuities they are good or bad and a lot of the noise that's out there from the media and from other financial advisors let's go ahead and say that as well can sway that one way or the other but the reality is an annuity is a neutral product it depends on if you need it or not so understanding that going back to the education focus of gen wealth understanding that some annuities offer lifetime income some annuities do not people talk about how annuities are super expensive some annuities have no explicit fees so it just depends on the type of annuity which type of annuity you're talking about and whether you need it because not all of our clients do absolutely and we you know, I think we always tell our clients that we want to plan first. Yep. We want to make sure that plan is down. And then we go to our toolbox that has all the different products um, in it that we can pull out and utilize to make that plan work. Going around annuities, there's all kinds. There's fixed index, there's variable index, there's so many different types. And if you're trying to do this yourself, I mean, more than likely you're going to fail at it because sometimes we question ourselves on what needs to be done and that we have a team of people that we can bounce things off of and make sure that we get things right. So being able to have that education, um, if you have a, had a bad negative effect or you don't care for annuities or you heard something, you know, come in and talk to us and we can explain, you know, the goods, the bads and um, the uglies and everything else that goes, goes on because we've seen it all. Yeah, there, there are tools out there that for the right job, they're exactly right. For the wrong job, they're the absolute wrong thing to do. You have to have somebody to be able to discern that and help you to understand what is proper, just, and the equivalent of what you need in your plan. And you think about the do-it-yourself nature to that, uh, how complex those product options can be. You do need the education, and you need a trusted advisor to walk you through that. Just one component uh, to to the uh, financial independence planning concept. So number two on our list of three reasons financial independence is not a do-it-yourself project. We tend to have an emotional attachment to our money. No, really? Is that true? (laughs) And that can be costly. I have an emotional attachment to my money. And I tell clients a lot of times that I look at everybody's, I look at all my clients' accounts almost on a daily basis except for my own, right? right? Because I do have an emotional attachment to that. And you can make the wrong decision at the wrong time for the wrong reason when you let fear or doubt drive it. Yeah, fear is the biggest emotion I think that a lot of people uh, deal with there. Uh, and fear can make you do really bad things at the wrong time. That's an absolute truism. We, we could you know spend probably the rest of the hour talking about that, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, forego that to be sure that we hit a couple of other things. There is one other uh, emotion that I think comes into play here, and that's comparison or competition. Uh, my buddy got this much money uh, or this rate of return. Why didn't I get that rate of return? Well, his situation may be completely different than yours. He may be taking twice or three times the risk that you're comfortable taking. So it's really not about a competition. It really is about solving your problem. It's not about 
the market and what the market did is what your economy requires and and being sure that your plan fits you and not necessarily your buddy i think that's a uh, an incredible uh, uh point that a lot of people miss and they get caught up in that in that comparison uh mindset well i think we're really built around a microwave culture these days mm. we want everything immediately and it's really about the tortoise and the hare you know, if you actually go back and read that story you know, who wins the race? It's the tortoise. It's a slow and steady. So there's a lot of discussions around that water cooler that I think people actually just make up the returns that they're getting in some cases <laughs> yeah, just sure. to make it look like they're doing a better job than they are. But, you know, if you've got a plan and you're making progress toward those goals and, um, and everything, then you're winning the race. I, yeah. I can just see. I, I, I know this happened to one of my clients years ago. I think at work, they all kind of conspired against him, and they all made up stories about what kind of return they were getting. Yeah. And he was just like, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why they're getting on the- and And so you start looking at it, and it's, what is it even possible to get the returns that they were talking about in the current market environment that we were dealing with back then? So I think they were just kind of gigging him about that. But that's what can happen, that you can feel terrible about your situation. That's what comparison does. Uh, you experience that on social media. You know, you yep. put, go on social media. Well, that guy went on that vacation, and he's got that kind of car. And that, Well, you don't know what kind of debt he's got behind that either. Well, you think about that comparison, and, and sometimes maybe even if that rate of return that is quoted by their friend or their buddy at the water cooler is true, well, what time horizon are we talking about? Right. Maybe they got it really good in 2021. What did they get in 2022? Because they might be taking on more risk than is appropriate. It's like the, the gambler who always tells you about the winnings that he has at the <laughs> casino, but you don't hear from him when he loses, right? Absolutely. I've heard a lot of people, you know, they won the lottery, won ten or 15000 but how much did they, put they spend in? Yeah, to no get kidding. there? Well, and I think one more thing on this point before we move on too, it's not always just emotional attachment to our money when it comes to investments. Uh, you know, you think about making the right financial decisions. Maybe we really want our kids to not have to pay for college. And that's an admirable goal. But if you're doing that at the expense of your retirement, we would say that's the wrong financial decision. Yeah, you've got to take care of you first. It's the old adage of if you get on an airplane, they tell you, you know, if the mask drops down, put your mask on first and then help the person beside you. Because uh, as Janet is fond of saying on this show many times, you know, if you do not take care of your own retirement, what's going to happen is that you're literally going to end up living with your well-educated children uh, during your retirement because they'll have to be taking care of you. Nobody yeah. wants to do that. All right, so our third one and final one on three reasons financial independence is not a do-it-yourself project. Experience can bring discernment. This is a, the old Kenny Rogers adage, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? There is a DIY type show called Flipper Flop. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Not, oh, yeah. A, not about retirement planning, but it is about uh, a couple that buys foreclosed or cheap homes often without uh, really knowing the state they're in. They walk in, they have to renovate them and try to turn a profit. Sometimes that works out, sometimes that doesn't. And there are some mindsets and strategies out there that are flops as you approach retirement too. One is investments alone. And that's maybe not a mindset that you really think about, but some people think if they have a 401k statement, John, they've got a retirement plan. Yeah, that is not a retirement plan. Let me let me reemphasize that. Your 401k is not a retirement plan. It is a retirement account that is part of a plan if you happen to have one. If you don't happen to have that retirement 
plan, then really all you have is a package of investments. And that is not what you need. And so that why, that's why it qualifies as a flop when it comes to financial planning. That mindset shift that has to occur is to transition from accumulation to decumulation. That's, That's not right. a word we really want to use. We like distribution. <laughs> I like yep. that. Decumulation suggests that it's all going away. You don't want it to go to zero, of course. But the withdrawal strategy matters here. Investments alone, in other words, my uh, my 401k statement, I have a million dollars. Well, what does that really mean? If that's all you have and you don't have a plan, we would say that is a flop. And another flop is savings alone, because I think the mindset shift that does naturally occur for people who are getting close to retirement, thinking they have reached financial independence, is to take all of the risk off of the table and camp all of those life savings out in very safe investments. And certainly, part of the plan does need to be that part of the assets are invested very conservatively. The money that you're going to use in the near term, we would say, yes, that's part of your plan. But to put all of it into safe investments, you are actually accepting another risk. Look, let's take a look at what's going on right now. CDs have popped up in in terms of the interest that's paid on a CD, and you can probably get about 4% right now on a fairly short-term CD. Yeah, I actually bought a two-month CD, right around 4%. There so. you go. So think about that, and that's prorated over, a, that's an annualized rate of return. They're not going to pay you 4% for just two what? months. That'd be okay. <laughs> but I'll take four. That, 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 would be, that would be definitely good. But here's, here's my point. If you look at where CD rates are at 4%, where's inflation? Six was eight, nine, whatever it was earlier this year. So you're never going to get ahead of inflation by playing it safe. By definition, safe money investments are going to underperform the rate of inflation. Look at it historically. It's almost always done that. So what you've got to do is you've got to have a strategy to keep you in a situation where you can increase your income over time. Everybody wants a pay raise, even in retirement. People need and want to have extra money coming in to offset the rising prices that they experience at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Even if you're behind Scott and he's gone to (laughs) get some bread and he's holding up the line or whatever it is. So you've got to deal with that. And uh, that's why that is a flop as well, because going safe at retirement doesn't allow you to thrive. We actually did a fastest four uh, minutes in finance last week on CDs, and there could be a place for some of your sideline money there, right? Because sure. if you're planning to use that in the near term, 4% is pretty good if you're not going to use it for 12 months, but you are going to use it after that. But when John's speaking about staying ahead of inflation, there has to be a component to your investments, even in retirement. Retirement is not the stop sign it is merely the yield sign and you have to have an exposure to equities to be able or other asset classes which the only other one historically that has outpaced inflation is real estate those asset classes if you're allocated to that over the long haul and the long time horizon gives you a better shot at outpacing inflation you're spot on on that scott absolutely all right so the final one uh that we would call a flop that experience can bring discernment, and you're if you if you don't do that, and you are trying to do it yourself, it could be flip or flop time. Is Social Security alone now for 2022, the year just ended? The average monthly benefit was a little over sixteen, almost seventeen hundred dollars a month, according to CNBC. Not something that you can rely on 
singularly. And in this week's Fastest Four Minutes in Finance, we're actually going to talk about Social Security, too, because recipients this month are receiving their first checks in 2023, and they're going to get an 8.7% raise on that. That sounds outstanding, and it is. Yes. But when you look at how that is built, that the, the CPI from the year before determines your cost of living adjustment, there's a study out there that says we're still way behind. They're not keeping up with the actual cost of living that they need to battle inflation. Social Security is not going to keep up, and it doesn't start from a place that's enough in anyway. Let's let's face it. You're going to live a minimal lifestyle yep. if that happens. Yeah, Social Security was never intended to be the only source of income you had in retirement. So if that is the only income you have, you are going to struggle unless you are completely debt-free and you – actually honestly live like my dad who doesn't spend much money anymore so um, he's able to take care of um, most of whatever everything he does with his social security benefit but that's not the lifestyle that most people are going to want to live especially in their go-go years in their 60s and early 70s when you're able to go and travel and do a lot of different things you're going to want to have some money from your investments and then the question is how do you take that money from those investments um, on a regular basis and how's that need to be invested and allocated scott we we've talked about a lot of flops here let me do a flip real quick okay flip your perspective on financial planning you may think financial planning is hard you may think financial planning is costly you may think financial planning is insert whatever word you want to insert there financial planning is what guides you through the maze of all these things that we've talked about and gets you to a point where you have clarity about where your future income is coming from and how you're going to increase that income over time. Three reasons you should not do it yourself in your financial plan, in your route to financial independence. It's time for our final thoughts, and Tim will let you recap. Well, I just think there's so many things out there on in the financial world that um, you don't know. And if you do a Google search, you're going to get so much information that it's going to be hard to really analyze that yourself. And then again, our emotions are going to get the best of us in a lot of different situations. So I really don't think this is an area that you want to do it yourself because you do need to have clarity on where you're going, what you're going to do, and being able to meet with a financial advisor and have a plan that's going to get you closer to your goals. Scott, my thoughts are, look, don't take our word for it. Take the word of Morningstar. They conducted an independent third-party study, and it says advisors can really help clients, especially in the area of income planning and retirement income planning and things of that nature, boost their account values by applying the proper strategies that are wholesalely different than what DIY people would do. Don't miss the opportunity to be involved with a financial advisor and set yourself up on a on a path toward financial independence. Well, I'm going to close out the show with my final thought that actually is something you can do yourself. It's begin the conversation. Begin to take a step towards working with a financial advisor. You can find out if your current strategy is likely to succeed. Tim mentioned the word clarity. This is the first uh, focus of that clarity. You can visit 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one and five, and then spell out minuteretirement.com or text the word checkup to 501-381-5228 to get your free assessment and take the first step toward true financial independence. That's text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. 
And that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We thank you so much for being with us wherever you get it, on podcast, on radio, online. And we hope you'll join us again for another episode next time. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 